Hello and welcome to another episode of the VCDX podcast, a short bi-weekly podcast focused on the VCDX certification with news, updates, advice and special guests. My name is Simon Long, VCDX number 105, and I'm currently away traveling in Europe at the moment, so please excuse the poor audio quality and my lack of voice throughout this episode. In this episode, I'll be chatting to my special guest about their VCDX defense experience, what things went well, and what didn't go so well. Here's a taste of what's coming up. You're only in there for 45 minutes. So really showing that you can fill that board and go from capturing requirements in those pieces to going through a conceptual design and then a logical design, and you can fill the board and show that progress. I think that's really the key thing that, that you need to be able to demonstrate. And I, I certainly did that. The board was full of stuff. If you cover things well and clearly in the document, Sometimes you won't actually get questions on a section you think you might because the document answers all the questions we have. I think they understand you're under pressure. You're not going to yeah. um, be perfect um, at uh, doing this. So heading into the news and updates section, I'm pleased to announce that we have five new VCDXs that we need to congratulate in this episode. So in numerical order, VCDX number 279, Dmitry Tankronov. Congratulations in achieving the NV VCDX certification. VCDX number 280, Veronica Sharon Davis. Congratulations to you in receiving the NV as well. Number 281, congratulations Chris Porter, getting the DCV. 282, Sayed Adil Kamar. Congratulations on receiving the NV certification. And VCDX 283, Fuad El Akkad, congratulations on getting the DCV. And we mustn't forget Jeffrey Kusters, VCDX number 252. You were originally a DCV VCDX and you now just received your second VCDX in NV. So congratulations, Jeffrey, as well, for getting your second VCDX. It's always great to see so many of the VCDX defense panels coming out with success and passing their VCDX. So congratulations again to you all. It's a great achievement. And for those of you who may not have passed this time, definitely don't give up. Give yourself some downtime, have a bit of a breather, and then go again. You'll get it next time. Just to let you know, there's an up-and-coming VCDX workshop, which will be held at the Indianapolis VMUG on the 16th of July. Um, so if you're going to be attending that VMUG or you're interested in going to a VCDX workshop, definitely check that out. I'll put a link to the registration in the show notes for you. And if you're not familiar with the VCDX workshops and what they are all about, definitely recommend listening to the guest interview on the VCDX podcast episode two. That's all I have for this week's news and updates. Let's head into the guest interview. You're listening to the guest interview on the VCDX podcast. Who is this episode's special guest? Give me your name and your number. Uh, my name is Chris Porter, and I am VCDX 281. Woohoo! For those listeners who didn't manage to listen to episode three of the VCDX podcast, we had Chris on as our special guest just before his VCDX defense. And now, Chris, I'm pleased to welcome you back as a VCDX. Congratulations, mate. That's a, a great achievement. Yeah, thanks. Uh, thanks for having me back on. Yeah, um, I can't, can't really stop smiling at the moment. So, yeah, it's brilliant uh, to get up this far, put all the work in and, uh, and, and yeah, got that number. Yeah, I bet, I bet it hasn't sunk in because you only found out a few days ago, right? So it probably hasn't even sunk in yet. Yeah, it's, um, 
not really now i keep sort of yeah thinking of other things and then remembering it and then yeah still still just getting rid of the withdrawal symptoms and remembering the defense itself so uh, yeah <laughs> so i thought it'd be good to have you back on as soon as possible after your defense so uh you know everything is fresh and raw in your mind and the pain may still be there and i, and I had a few questions i think you know it'd be good to go through ask you and get some of your feedback that may help other people who are also kind of preparing so is there anything that sticks out in your mind about your defense, good or bad, or maybe both? Um, did anything go better than you'd hoped? Or was there something that you'd probably needed more prep on that you maybe didn't prep enough for? Yeah, I, I think like a lot of people, I felt like the defense, I'd, I'd stuffed up in a few places and it hadn't gone particularly well. I, I think that's general feedback. Um, many people don't come out of that room bouncing around. Mm-hmm, true. Um, I knew I'd done all right in places, um, a few places I would have liked to have done better. But uh, I think all in all, generally the prep I'd done and, and the presentation I had actually worked quite well. Uh, and, and where some people get questioned within one or two slides, some people get all the way through. I'd got mm. quite a way in and then kind of got questions. So yeah. I'd, made, I'd reordered my slide deck almost last minute um, just and moved some bits that I really was maybe afraid of talking about um, to sort of actually move them earlier on just crack them straight away um yeah so yeah and did you find those bits that you moved earlier on you didn't get any questions on them anyway so it was maybe something you were worried about that you shouldn't have been or did you get questions on them yeah i think so certainly um my design had um stretch clusters in okay. and stretch clusters to meet a um a disaster recovery requirement and mm-hmm. there's a lot of people that will argue that doesn't meet that it's more for disaster avoidance and i was well aware of that so actually in my design i'd, I'd gone quite deep um in the document about justifying why that met those DR requirements and why there was um, and the, and mitigating the risks that are associated with that, and I wanted to hit that head on in the presentation. But I think because I'd covered it quite quite well in my document, mm-hmm. um, there weren't really any questions on that. So yeah, yeah, I think that's that's something like certainly from a panelist perspective. I think if you cover things well and clearly in the document and the document is a, a thousand pages long to the point where we can't actually all get, get through it in the review session, sometimes you won't actually get questions on a section you think you might because the document answers all the questions we have. So there's often there's no point in asking questions about something that we clearly you know about and clearly makes a lot of sense and the reasons why you've done it. So and it's probably a good point for people to realize this. If you do good document from, from the get-go, you might get a lot less awkward questions in your defense when you're feeling the pressure a bit more as well. And I think it's worth, maybe in my preparation, one of the things I would have thought about earlier is is really have someone review your design or review the design yourself, go through and think, where are the areas where I haven't covered, maybe in as much depth as I'd like, or just weren't in the requirements, and, and just make sure, you don't have to write a new design for those pieces, but just make sure you're up to speed on some of those areas so whether it's certain types of software that isn't in your environment um, whether it's certain compliance requirements um, certainly GDPR uh, PCI HIPAA uh, all those kind of things just just be aware of some of those things and and so that you you weren't just avoiding it in your design because you don't know about it you, you can answer a few questions on those pieces yeah definitely and you never know those GDPR Especially if you're, you know, someone in the UK and, and, you know, often a lot of the people in the US may not fully understand what GDPR because it's not necessarily affect them directly. You may get questions like that in the in the design scenario as well. So it's always good to just have a general understanding of what that is and what that might 
involve in your design as well if, if someone brings that up as a, as a requirement. Yeah, and, and I think also one of the pieces um, that I, I did some prep on, but I think would have been useful to do a bit more prep on was just a, a bit more of an understanding of some of the other VMware products. Just, I, I think you need to know kind of certainly NSX, VRA, those kind of pieces. Mm-hmm. Just look at um, kind of what the use cases they are and what they meet. And I think I knew that, but then yeah. just a basic deployment of those things, how that might influence a design. I did DCP, so you don't need to know them anywhere near the depth of a CMA or, or, or NV design, but you, those things do meet requirements that customers are going to come up with. Yeah, and I think it's kind of typical for an architect to understand those technologies as well, if especially if you're working with different multiple you know multiple customers that you may go in and and they may have a requirement of something just having an understanding of what the product does at a high level is it's good to just be able to have a conversation with the customer and then if it's you know, find out it's something that they need then you can start to figure out okay what are the requirements for this product you know how do we deploy this what you know are our compute memory resources that you know that we need for those components and things so i it's very difficult because it's like you know you often get the question well well, where do you stop? You know, you've got the VMware products, which obviously are growing more and more every day, the more products they keep bringing out. And then some people also feel, that, you know, knowing a lot of the third party products or what the comp- competition is as well is something that's quite beneficial to them. But as I say, you've only got so much time in your life that you can do that. So I'd say definitely understand the VMware products and what they are and what they can do for the customer you know, and then if you have extra time, figure out some other comp- the competition and the other options out there, you know, that maybe add some benefit to the customer as well. So I think this is a really good point there, Chris. So, so in terms of the like the your defense and your your design, do they, you feel like as you when you come out of them? I think you kind of said that you you felt okay. You know, you never feel 100% that everything went swimmingly well. But you know, I know for me when I did mine, I came out and. You kind of think, well, yeah, it could have gone a little bit better, but I think that went pretty well, and it sounds like that's, that's how it how it went for you. I mean, was it the same for your in your design scenario as well? Um, so I think, yeah, I think the defense itself is a couple of questions that will probably haunt me forever. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, and I think I I did use I had a lot of backup slides, and I, I used a few of them, but mm-hmm. some. Um, and then I was asked to sketch things out on the whiteboard. Yeah. And I think I, I did all right with that. It wasn't perfect on the whiteboard, but I think they understand you're under pressure. You're, you're not going to yeah. um, be perfect um, uh, uh, doing this. So, no, and then I, I think in the scenario, um, yeah, I, I, I had a, I had a really difficult scenario. I think, and um, they really challenged me. And, and clearly, they were looking for areas. Um, to cover in the design if you haven't covered one area then um, they're going to push you on 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 that area if you haven't covered it in your design i think certainly i think a good example there is um if you've done say a hyper converged environment in your design then really in this scenario they, they they may not they may be looking for other things but um they may be pushing for kind of a, a traditional storage array design and and really as an architect you should know that at a high level, um, mm-hmm. if there's a constraint around not using hyperconverge or the other way around, then um, then you need to be able to answer um, authoritatively about that kind of piece. So Definitely, it, yeah. yeah. If, like from a score perspective as well, if we know that you know hyperconverged, you know, we we may turn around and say, let's see, we can get your score even higher by going to a different type of storage architecture and then you know go from there so it's not like we want to try and make things even more difficult for you it's like well okay you clearly know about hci great what do you know about you know just a normal sana array 
type architecture that's let's take it that direction and then we can try and score you up from there as well so you know that's the kind of reason why we often not always as you say we will sometimes stick to the same kind of type of design if we feel that we need to get more information from you but we may try and almost reverse the design and point you in a direction it is the, almost the opposite um, just to see what you know what you know and what you can understand and try and score you even better so um, it sounds like that's kind of what happened for you and your defense too I think I think uh, it's certainly what happened but I think what I took confidence in a way and, and we talked about this in the previous podcast about part of my prep was actually having a methodology for the design scenario mm-hmm. and whilst I don't think I answered it like perfectly in a technical piece you're only in there for 45 minutes yeah. so in a real world you'd have follow-ups you'd have lots of different mm-hmm. meetings yeah. so really showing that you can fill that board um, and yeah. go from capturing requirements in those pieces to going through a conceptual design and then a logical design, and you can fill the board and show that progress. I think that's really the key thing that, that you need yeah. to be able to demonstrate. And I, I certainly did that. The board was full of stuff. Yeah, I think it's very important to, for people to understand who are preparing for it is that we never are really really looking for a finished design in the design scenario. As Chris said, you've got 45 minutes to do a lot of investigation work because we don't necessarily give you that much information um, on the on the slides that you get shown so you're never going to get a design in 45 minutes you know so we don't expect that to happen and I'll, sometimes we'll just point you in the directions that you we want you to go if we need you know to go into the physical for whatever reason then we'll may push you into that quicker whereas some other people we know they're absolutely fine with the compute you know and memory side of things we'll take them into the security side of things and then we'll spend more time there and not you may come out there thinking, well, I don't even get down to doing a, you know, a design or finishing the design. That's not always a problem. It's us trying to f- find out what you know, essentially. So, so yeah, I think that's probably good for a lot of people to understand. So, Chris, what was the most enjoyable part of the VCDEX certification process for you? And, and also on the flip side, what was the least enjoyable part? Yeah, um, so I think enjoyable part is really... Um, I think it's almost become a bit of a, a cliche in the, the VMware environment, but it, I, it's so true um, in terms of um, the enjoyable part for me is being engaged with the community and, mm-hmm. and, and finding like-minded people, um, just being part of um, the Slack workspace that Greg runs, Greg Robertson runs, mm-hmm. um, with, and it's just lots of people there working with mocks, talking and discussing with people, working with other people in the community, other with other VCDX, getting reviews, um, just getting advice, little pieces, um, that's been really really nice it's been and that i think certainly been probably the most enjoyable part um and 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 then i think enjoyable has been the moments those little moments where you find out your design has passed the technical review um and then when you find out you you you've passed and uh yeah that was that was that was a really fun moment um I think I think least enjoyable. I, I I remember kind of specific moments when I was really against the wire trying to get the design in, and just like reviewing my um, stats of mm-hmm. or the my current state analysis and how that had built. That's the kind of foundation of the whole design, and I just realised I think I had some figures wrong, and I was just like tearing my hair out. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And 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 I, whether whether that's important or not, I don't know. But I just remember yeah, one moment I almost kind of was sat in a cafe, and I was just like, just wanted to sling my laptop across the place, <laughs> like just tearing my hair out. Certainly. That's interesting. That, that 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 the most least enjoyable part was just preparing the app. You know, your your design for sending in for the you know the application side of it rather than most people's is like the defense like that was not fun or and yours is just like 
yeah, I just realized I wanted to send him a doc. It wasn't completely done and I missed something. And it's like, ah, oh, am I going to get, yeah. the, you know, going to hit the deadline and kind of that pressure on that. Cause I mean, it is every three months. So it's, you know, if you did miss that, it's like, oh, I've got to wait three more months now. And probably you would sit there looking at the design for the next three more months when you really probably didn't need to as well. So it, I can kind of see how that might be a little bit painful. I think that's an example of kind of how bad like some parts of that were for me. It was a real struggle at times. Um, and don't get me wrong, the defense was was nervy. I kind of knew that was going to happen, and it was yeah. going to be nervy. And I and, it, and yeah, it wasn't it wasn't a walk in the park by any means. But yeah, that's good. It's hard work throughout. Yeah, it definitely is. And and for those of you who are wondering what the Slack channel is that Chris was mentioning earlier, if you tune into the next episode, which should be coming out in a couple of weeks' time. Um, we'll have Greg Robertson on and he'll be talking all about it and how you can get access to the VCDX um, prep Slack channel. So Chris, now now knowing what you know, and if you could go back in time, back to when you were preparing for the VCDX, which I guess for you is probably only a week ago, but um, what pieces of advice would you give yourself now? <laughs> I think maybe the first piece of advice is I have I considered a different career. <laughs> is really something you want to do? Yeah. Um, no, I think... Um, I think I'm fairly comfortable with the approach I took and what I did. So I don't think there's any big gotchas, but, and I think part of that would be just stick with it. Um, and, and the hard work will pay off. And I think certainly some people put more hard work in than others people. And, and some people kind of, they change job as well to get that experience for me. I'm not necessarily being a consulting role, um, where I don't have lots of experience and an opportunity to practice these things that's where you put the hard work in that's where yeah. you do the mocks and the practice and the reading and you really study the documents and talk to people so and i think that helped me to kind of somewhat level up to people that do this day in day out yeah um and going back to that point about tearing my hair about i, I wouldn't i think i would say to myself is not worry as much as i did about the numbers yeah um i think i i tried i was trying to get this kind of trying to make it all work and and actually trying to work through the design and show your methodology and and, and learn mm. spending time just focusing on on the current state and the getting the numbers to make sense um is you you need a solid base but equally you're not trying to try and find these corner cases to make it work for everything so i think i would have maybe um, changed some of the focus there mm-hmm. um and then just probably start with time management earlier. Um, I know I, 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 in July last year, I sort of sat down and um, really uh, assessed how I was spending my time and working and, and, and a much more structured approach. And it would have been good, better to sort of start that right. earlier. But yeah. Yeah. So I think we talked about that a lot in the, in the last episode when we had you on as well as, you know, figuring out how much time that you can commit to it with you know, work pressures and family pressures and, and other commitments and things, and then adjust your timeline based on how much time you really could put forward to it. If you have a lot of spare time, then you can get it done a lot quicker. If you if you know that you don't have that much spare time, then, you know, don't don't put that added pressure on you to get it done quicker because you'll ultimately just end up in a, in a bit of a state trying to, you know, force it in. It just won't happen that well. Yeah, I think that's, that's it's really good advice. Um in terms of that kind of that high level view of of, of the time you need, hmm. um, but I think for me, um, 
where I really um, changed was kind of in the micro view of that in terms of um, I was using an app called Toggle mm-hmm. um, and that allowed me just to click a timer when I was working and then stop that when I'd finished like half an hour, 20 minutes, 15 minutes on the train or a couple of hours or whatever. And then at the end of the week, I could look back and see that actually I had put 10 or 15 hours or whatever into it or I'd only done a couple of hours so I mm-hmm. need to put some more in and so trying to keep yourself honest. And, you're just, it, and it doesn't need to be over the top and and lots of detail just something so you can kind of track um what you're doing and keeping yourself honest that you are putting time into it yeah i think it's a really that's a really good idea i'll put a link to the show notes for that app as well chris so i'll get that 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 information from you that would have been quite useful for me i think when i was doing mine because i almost dread to think how many hours additional i put in on top of the customer's design i used as well it'd been interesting to look back and go yeah that's how many hours i put in for that but so now you have all this free time on your hands. Dare I ask what what's next for you now? You know, now that you've passed the VCDX, are you looking for downtime for a bit? You know, dusting off the bike, or what's next for you, Chris? Yeah, um, so certainly some downtime, sort of mm-hmm. um, spending time with the family again. Um, kind of starting to tackle <laughs> the the to do list that's grown over time. Sure. So there'll be a shed that needs to be painted and things, um, and and socialising as well. I I I sort of stopped a lot of socializing seeing friends and things like that so yeah. kind of catching up with people i haven't seen for a while i'm going to your gig i'm going to see foals at ali pally in a couple of weeks that would be Very fun cool. um and then what we talked about catching up on tv so i i whilst i was keeping on top of game of thrones i mm-hmm. didn't i couldn't spend the time watching the last episode so i did catch up with that last week after defending that was my uh that was my reward i think so finishing that off. but yeah there's a lot of good stuff says so, and it's nice for you to not feel that you can't sit down and watch some of these tv shows now without the kind of the little thing tapping on your shoulder well you could be doing some prep exactly. you know and it's exactly. you can sit down and enjoy yourself now so chris again congratulations give us your vcdx number again uh 281 just to finish that point off mm-hmm. as well i think um i will be kind of uh, certainly the slack workspace and things like that just um looking towards mentoring and, and giving back to, to the community that's given me so much uh, support myself. that is that is great chris we need more people to help mentoring there's a lot of really smart people out there who have been through this and it'd be great to be able to get that information passed down to the people who've got this to come. So if you are looking for a mentor and feel free to reach out to Chris, Chris, how can they get in touch with you? What's the best way through Twitter? Yeah. So I'm upright vinyl on Twitter um, or just search me Chris Wilson. My DMs are open. So um, yeah, just ping me. So uh, I can, I can, I'm trying to work out what mentoring looks like mm-hmm. and, and a bit of a break at the moment and just yeah. help people out with the odd query and stuff like that and then um yeah yeah kind of when i get a bit more free time um well no i've got free time now when i, when I feel what i want to um, yeah. get back into it in the next week or a few months yeah and we're sort of doing that a bit more seriously perfect chris thanks again for joining us again on part two of your interview take it easy mate and uh, in, enjoy your time now thanks for having me cheers So we just got time for some Q&A before we round out the show. And I had a question come through from Simon Zed asking about the VCDX supporting documentation. So installation guide, for example. Now, the VCDX blueprint states that it should be detailed enough for someone who is certified at VCP level to be able to deploy your design. And his question is, is it required to do all of the screenshots or can we just write short sentences and sequence of tasks? Now, the word on the street is that if you don't have screenshots in your installation guide, your documentation is automatically not accepted. Now, from a personal experience, I would say that this is not true. 
I have seen supporting documentation that doesn't have screenshots in it, but has enough detail for someone who is a VCP level to be able to deploy the, the design itself. This is true of my own VCDX design. In my supporting documents, I didn't necessarily have many screenshots, but I had links to VMware documentation for how to install and configure vCenter, for example. And then I had links to the architecture design document sections, which documented the IP configurations, like the DRS configuration, HA configuration, etc. So someone who is VCP level can look at the VMware installation document, follow the steps that are documented very well from the vendor, and then where, where we need to fill in information such as IP addresses or change configurations, they can then reference the architecture design document. So it doesn't always require screenshots. One thing I will say though, if you're planning on using templated documentation, which a lot of people do use, just make sure you update the documentation. So if your design has a feature that you don't have in your templated documentation, make sure you add a feature and configuration and vice versa. If your templated documentation has a configuration for a feature or a product that you don't use within your design, be sure to remove it. There has to be a direct correlation between the architecture design document and your supporting documentation. I hope that answers your question, Simon. And if anyone else has any other questions they want me to answer on the podcast, you can contact me on Twitter at SimonLong underscore, or you can send me a message via my website, www.simonlong.co.uk and go to the contact me page. That's all we have time for, for this episode of the BCDX podcast. I hope you enjoyed it. And if you did, please be sure to subscribe and share it with others. You might find this podcast interesting. And I'll speak to you in two weeks time.